Sing us the song of your people. Howdy, and welcome to Snepisode 8 of the Where Are We podcast. Today, we are having some coyote chaos, so uh, I'd like to introduce you to a few people that have not been on the podcast before. Uh, the first coyote is Coyote. Why am I the first one? You're all looking at me. I mean, hi. The second is Dark Moon. Yeah, Dad likes me best. There's some daddy issues going on with this coyote stuff, and I have no, uh, we'll get into that later. Uh, and Travs, are you here? Hello, hello. Okay, so uh, I guess uh, I guess we're supposed to be talking about the cosmic two by four today. Is that right? Yep, that's what so the I hear. topic is about. Okay. Well, I, I guess I better go ahead and get started on that then. First of all, the the original cosmic two by four, the real cosmic two by four is it's not really a piece of wood in the usual sense. It was actually a rain stick. It was about a foot and a half long, nice and shiny, blonde, with yarn bands of gold and green on each end. And uh, I actually came across it, of all the darn things, at a hotel gift shop in Arlington, Texas, at the Arlington Hilton. And th there's a whole long story that goes along with that. That The entire trip that this happened on, it was like something out of Hunter S. Thompson. It, it really was, almost from the time I left Los Angeles. Basically, I landed in Dallas in, in the middle of huge thunderstorms. There were tornadoes in the area. And got down to the hotel, finally. I was having lunch, and there was this drunk in the bar. Who was just It was just him, me, and the bartender. And I'm sitting there quietly eating my lunch while the drunk is talking to the bartender and is telling him all about the Cosmic 2x4. You see, there was this friend of his that every time he would get into some kind of uh, trouble, he would always blame it on the Cosmic 2x4. The Cosmic 2x4s hit me in the head again, over and over. And he was just going on and on about this, and I'm thinking, okay, this is one of the better BS stories I've heard in a few years. So I listened, and that's actually, after I got done with lunch, that's when I went to the hotel gift shop. I saw this rain stick there. They actually sold a whole bunch of Southwestern items, and by that point, I was already pursuing shamanism. And uh, I saw the rain stick, and I liked it, and it felt like it had power, and I bought it with every intention of using it in ritual. I was actually going to use it as a tool. Well, that same trip, I had arranged to meet Love Bear, and he and I and a friend of his actually ended up going out to uh, Six Flags Over Texas, which was right across the street from the hotel. And this was after I showed him the rain stick. He took one look at it, and his answer was, man, that really is a cosmic two-by-four. I should have taken the hint at that point. I was dense. What can I say? So we went to the amusement park, and this was the day before my big install, which was the whole reason why I was there in the first place. 
So, of course, uh, we went on a roller coaster that went forwards through a loop, and then it went in reverse back through the same loop. It dislocated <laughs> my left shoulder. Ooh. Oh, darn. I thought you were going to tell a puke story. No, not that bad. But, well, actually, to be honest with you, it was kind of worse because I had this major install to do, and... You know, here I am in serious pain, and I can't really take any meds that would help with the pain, or I'm not going to be able to do the install. So I was basically in screaming agony for about 48 hours because I couldn't take pain meds and do my work. I actually pulled off the install. It got done on time and on schedule, uh, much much to everyone's amazement, because there, even my bosses in California knew what happened at that point. So we, we were very afraid it wasn't going to happen, but it did. I got through it. Well, the thing about it is, every time I would touch this range stick in any way to move it or use it or do anything with it, either I would get injured or a member of my family would get injured. A couple of times, my dad got hit in the head. I fell down the stairs once. Uh, I hit my head multiple times which for a coyote is just kind of business as usual, I guess. But, you know. Yeah, so what made you suspicious? Well, this is true. It took quite a lot, honestly. <laughs> but I originally encountered this thing in the spring. And basically by the fall, I decided that the thing was not safe to have around in any way, shape, or form. By that time, I, I'd even tried to take the yarn off of it and redo the banding and all that stuff to try and customize it to make it mine. Nothing helped. Nothing worked. It was patently obvious this thing was just a menace. So I decided at that point the only safe thing to do was to give it to Big C. Not to be confused with my esteemed elder brother here. So basically what happened was... Halloween night, we had a ritual at Huntington Beach, Lifeguard Tower number seven. I, I was actually out there in full furs because I figured Halloween was about the only time I could pull that off. I was there, Laika was there, and a couple of other Therans were there as well. I did a ritual and I sent the range stick onto Coyote by placing it in the fire pit. And the thing just basically sat there it didn't even look like it caught fire just flames licking all around it just sitting there perfectly normal and then we all watched it just slowly sink into the ground and it was gone but that wasn't the end of it though immediately after i sent that off over a period of two weeks there was just a spate of accidents wrecks and calamities that hit the entire pack nationwide in one memorable case i believe it was kane actually had a truckload of lumber dumped on his car some some honest to god literal two by fours let's see i know he had an incident i believe scout had an incident as well she, with her car coyote who, who else do you remember See, I didn't know about any of this until long after you'd sent the new version of the 2x4 to me. Ah, okay. 
So uh, I had it for about a year and a half, two years, occasionally taking it down and shaking it. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> no, You're supposed the, to put the warning sticker on the outside. <laughs> yeah, the 2x4 was, uh, was something else. Let's just say that entire incident got the whole pack's attention. <laughs> so that's the main story about it. Now, what all has happened with it since, though, is what I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what you been up to with those things, Storm? Well, I think, like you said, it possibly originally came from Ben Goodrich. Yeah. And I think he handed it off to Love Bear. And then Love Bear handed it off to me when I was flying through Dallas. Okay. Now, it was funny because Love Bear at the time was a pretty big guy. And they're sitting there holding this 2x4 in the airport waiting on me. (laughs) And back then, we could go through uh, security to the gates, even if we didn't have tickets. He handed it off to me and he was still carrying it at the time. I'm the one who gets pulled aside by security at the <laughs> checkpoint and frisked. <laughs> and they're just ignoring this big bear looking guy holding a two by four. <laughs> well, you know, the guy with the ob- obvious weapon isn't dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> So I got it handed off to me. And I think that at that point, I decided that it would make a good howl relic, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Bringing it onto the different howls that I go to, having people sign it to say that they were there. Uh, look, it's the two by four. Ha ha ha. Take your picture with it. Sign it. That kind of stuff. And I had been to a lot of howls actually with it the original got pretty full with signatures and drawings so mm-hmm. i added a second longer one so my version of the two by four that i carry is actually two lengths of two by fours <laughs> well that kind of shows you how the pack has grown since then yeah yeah and uh I had ha- I had been carrying it with me for a long time. When I lived in North Dakota, I just had the feeling that it was time to pass it off to someone who could get it out there more. So I handed it off to Russian to deliver to Coyote here when he uh, one of the times he came down to visit him. Mm. I remember Russian telling me that when Coyote got it, he's like, what happened to Mage? Yeah, I was I was totally worried. <laughs> <laughs> like, what was it, a year or two later, I followed it down when I moved in with Coyote and crew. And it was waiting there in the windowsills for me of my uh, new room. We left it in there like it had been watching. <laughs> and it was watching. It knew. I- I could feel its gaze when I walked in the room. It's like, oh, yep, I'm home. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think my first experience of it was when you brought it to um, uh, some of the howls in the south. Yeah, I think the southeast howl, one of them I brought it to. I, 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 I don't want to say the first one, but maybe the second one. I think that's right. Now, you see, that's the thing. I've never made it to any howls outside of California. So I, I do intend to fix that now that I'm in Northern California and closer to like the Northwest Howl and a few other things. So hopefully I can get around a little bit more now. And up at the Northwest Howl, actually, we have our own, uh, our own knockoff version of it that uh, our local Northwest 2x4 is a piece of firewood that Cloudfoot found and decorated. And we've got signatures from Northwest Howl all over that thing now. Oh, well, I need to sign that thing. It's not its not legit unless I sign it. <laughs> well, but you're not legit. What? <laughs> Darkmoon. What? When I came out to visit you in, what was it, 99? Yeah. Um, did I bring, I can't remember, did I bring the, the 2x4 with me then, or did you sign it at a later date? I, I think that's when I signed it, was when you brought it out. Because we had our own little versions of calamity when i was out there mm. the ticket well, outside I mean, of disney and well you're you're with the coyote these things happen you know yeah and <laughs> i kind of you know am one of coyote's chew toys now and then i've had my fair share of you know listening to the whispers mm. well you do live with one you can be a dishonorary coyote you're making me anxious about meeting or hanging out with or spending time around or near any coyotes. What? We're fun. Almost everybody lived. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there was only a few splinters. It's Fire's out. It's perfectly safe. The anvil won't hit you. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm worried I'm about. So, Bear, as someone who has signed one of these two by fours, I'm a, I'm a little cautious of. Uh, like okay so badger if that ever catches fire am i going is it going to rain like two by fours on me or something <laughs> no no it'll be fine uh well okay the <laughs> relic two by fours are, don't have the same kind of power that the original has let's put it that yeah. way the original yeah. was something special the two by fours that we sign are not going to cause any calamities to happen no they are um, not they're perfectly safe I'm the one who caused the calamities around me. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say, you know, <laughs> surfing boulders down mountains and playing with fire. And that totally worked. Yeah, it looked really cool. The two by four stories made the rounds on AHWW periodically. So even those of us who weren't attending the howls or meeting up with the people who were dealing with the two by fours, <laughs> often heard about them and they became a sort of item of legend and the whole signing items at howls it wasn't it's some of the howls that like we had several in virginia etc we signed different things depending on who was running it but the spirit of signing something as a commemorative we were here carried through to all the various howls damn and i'm to blame for all this Absolutely. <laughs> it's nice to know who to blame sometimes. Even the very first Howl, there was a commemorative item signed. Uh, the uh, Wearzine cover was signed at the Spring Thaw Howl 
in 94. Yeah, we see that was the problem back in the day. Most of the howls were on the East Coast, and being a West Coast coyote, that was a bit of a problem. Yeah, and and I didn't manage to make it to any of the Southeast ones because the community had already kind of started to split at that point. And so the information wasn't always making it out to the different groups. Yeah. Which is a shame. I would have loved to have come to one of the Southeast ones. Yeah, it felt like there was a period of time when people were kind of leaving HWW for the obvious reasons and before we'd had like other forums and whatnot. And uh, it felt like like uh, stuff got confused for a while. Uh, people lost touch of it. It did, yeah. and, and it's unfortunate. Oh, sorry, Darkman. Yeah, and there's, there's also the fact that right about that time, a bunch of us, I think, lost our jobs and changed jobs. And then, of course, there's the whole problem of the employers looking at your internet history and all that nonsense, which for IT people, it's a real concern. And I know a number of us ended up having to delete our posts, which I'm one of them, unfortunately. Same uh, here. I yeah, I wish I hadn't had to do it, but uh, it, it was purely a measure of self-defense at that point because you don't need an employer asking a bunch of stupid questions there aren't any real good answers for as far as the employer is concerned. Well, at the time, Deja News made it trivial to search for those kind of things. And and, yeah. uh, and they also offered, you know, if you want these things deleted, uh, mm -hmm. just give us a list of the ones to delete. So I, I blew away hundreds of posts I'd made. I blew away everything. Everything. And I, I, made I never did. I never did, but I have no idea what happened to a lot of my old HWW posts. Uh, I never had a trouble a problem with my employer's ever internet searching me until uh, 2011, and they found a piece of naughty furry art I did, and they asked me if I could remove that because our clients were big energy companies. I was hoping they'd ask you if you could draw them more. <laughs> you know, maybe do a new company logo. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Blackpaws, you were around during that time. Yeah. Do you have any yeah. any memories of that stuff? Well, it, I, I was just thinking it. You know, it's interesting because I knew about you know the basic story, but this is like the first time I've ever you know gotten into sort of the nitty gritty of the origins and all. I just knew it was a thing, but I didn't know why it was a thing. Put it this way, if you guys want to know some of the other gory details about that trip and some of the other strangeness and weird stories, I'd be more than happy to relate. <laughs> that entire trip was like something out of the Twilight Zone. You know, it, you mentioned Love Bear, um, yeah. who I knew pretty well. I actually knew Love Bear prior to AHWW getting news group. Because really? he and I were in a play-by-email White Wolf role-playing game. Oh, cool. And when each of us made our respective introductions on, on AHWW, he reached out to me and said, Were you the guy who played such and such a character? Yeah. Well, I'm... And we, you know, we totally had this, Ah, we already know each other. That's fantastic. You want to hear something truly hilarious? I sure. had Stuart Week sleeping on my living room couch for a week. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't even imagine yeah. how that circumstance could have come about. 
uh, LA Origins game convention. Ah, uh, I was actually the she assistant was based out of head. Georgia. Yeah, uh, I was the assistant head of the dealer room for that, and that that was a lot of fun. Actually, uh, he and I actually went to Magic Mountain and hung out. That was fun. Of course, taking him on the LA freeway system. You well, know, he's basically from rural Alabama. And he's never seen a road with more than two lanes each way. Here we are at the junction of the 5 and the 405, 10 lanes wide each direction. And he's looking around, his head is on a swivel, and he's going, my God, how do you drive on this? Well, you just pick a lane and go. That was all I could think of to say. <laughs> but yeah, he... He definitely had the whole L.A. experience. <laughs> Did you get him a shirt that says, come back to L.A.? We weren't shooting at you. Uh, no, that was before the shooting really got going. <laughs> that was later. That was like in the 2000s. <laughs> it, it's kind of funny because I, I usually say that I went uh, 26 years before I ever met or encountered any other Therians, but it's not quite true because so many of us worked in tech that I actually encountered uh, Brocken and Rowan Yote uh, when they were working tech support at various tech companies a couple of years before I ever found Alt Horror Werewolves. And uh, it was kind of funny because they both have distinctive voices and very distinctive uh, real life names too. So when I met them at Owls later, I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> you <laughs> sold me a hard drive. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> It's funny how some of us uh, were able to travel around back in the day and we would meet up wherever we went. We'd meet up with uh, local Therians of that area and, you know, either couch surf or just hang out with them. We weren't really worried about stuff happening. It's just like, hey, cool, another one. Yeah, hey, sleep on my couch. Yeah, come on, let's do stuff. Yeah, it's true. I, I flew out to Texas. I went out to Washington State, down to Washington, D.C., and just i'd get invited or i'd happen to be going somewhere like i was out in chicago and i hung out with the therians that were there uh, not so much lately i don't know really what's changed in the community that's caused it to be a lot less travely and i suppose uh well right now the plague but <laughs> yeah responsibility uh, it was a lot easier when we were college students and the like what I can say is that the reason I traveled less in recent years is because I had to work twice as many hours to be able to afford four times as much rent. Well, there's there's another thing I can say seems to be the case is furry conventions. Theremes go to those, they meet each other there instead of other ways. It also uh, felt yeah. like uh, just over the last decade or so, a lot of us ended up not not just in getting involved in normal day-to-day -day life stuff but a lot of really bad stuff happened i've known uh, quite a few people that had severe injuries or uh, massive troubles in their family just kind of chaos and mm -hmm. um, the economy has not been great for a lot of us for a number of years and it just felt like uh, some of the old forums went down and people quit talking to each other and they got wrapped up in all their daily life and disasters and like a good decade went by and I, I expected that, you know, when I kind of vanished from the world, when I came back, I figured everybody would still be there. And I looked around and it was just crickets. Yeah, I had the same experience. I was gone for about 10 years or so and decided to return 
and I was like, who are all these youngsters? <laughs> yeah, I've been out of the community more than I've been in it, honestly, uh, ever since like, oh, 99. I've kind of drifted in and out. I've stayed in touch with uh, the folks on Telegram, and I was on IRC for a while, but I, I just was never, I was never in the community like I was back in the AHWW days, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of hoping to remedy that now. I think that was a special time, though. There was something about, about news groups and the kind of open spirit that existed at that time in terms of the internet it was this new sort of remarkable thing that most folks didn't have a lot of experience with yep it was kind of almost an elite community of people that did know what they were doing out there it was people who were technically savvy or were at a university too <laughs> yep yep i am glad that a lot of us back in the day were able to get out there and travel and meet each other in person and work on that offline connection that you know you can further get to know someone offline rather than just name and words on a screen and yeah, i feel definitely. that the howls that we're bringing back are a step towards that again you know getting people out sure. there to meet each other in person to build those connections to build those rapports to get closer to each other to understand each other yeah, that offline experience, getting to know people face-to-face -face, right there in person is so much more valuable than, than the online experience because it's a much richer experience. You get to know more of the whole person, not just the text on the screen. I find that when people have met me in person afterward, they yell at me online less. <laughs> really? Yeah, but seriously, I think a lot of it is that uh, it's never been like this for me. I've always assumed that there's another person on the other end that's doing that typing. I've never tr I've tried to treat online stuff differently. But a lot of people have said that it's it's not really quite real to them until they see a flesh and blood person. And uh, that, that kind of real life, real space, flesh and blood contact is very important for a lot of people. I can vouch for that having recently met a... Siren in person, uh, not but a year ago. You know, just seeing them as text on a screen, it's one thing, but when you meet them in person, it's like, wow, there's there's actually a human there. There's there's someone in front of me who who has similar beliefs that I do. This is amazing. One thing I don't miss uh, before I got my two pack a day cigarette habit is people would meet me in person that had only known me online, and the first thing that they would say is, "You don't sound like I expected." <laughs> And I'm like, what is really? my voice? Is my voice higher pitched than you expect? No, no, it's not that. <laughs> you, you just aren't you. You're, you're somebody else. Yeah, yeah but now I've Javi Feierstein two packs a day into my lungs, and it's a little. <laughs> <laughs> now you sound like a monster. Anyway, <laughs> I got that a lot too, especially when uh, I first found the the online community of HWW when I was uh, stationed over in Japan in the Air Force. And I was, I will admit, I was mouthy back then. I was, I was cocky. <laughs> and no, way, you yeah, don't say. <laughs> you, Mage? Nah. But a lot of people had this image of how I was supposed to look by the way that I talked online. 
and they expected this big burly military guy buzz cut and all that but when i come there i'm like 135 soaking wet a twig totally blew him away i could fit in that that barrel remember that barrel coyote yes i do and we probably shouldn't have folded you up in it really a barrel um what was it It was like a uh one of the the therians one of the wares of therians that came to the first southeast hal was sable and he had some of his stuff packed away in what was it like 40 gallon it wasn't quite a 50 gallon but it was like 35 or 40 gallon cardboard barrels storage barrels like you use for i hate to say prepping but prepping (laughs) yeah i don't think he was just got the barrels because they were cheap and he used them to ship stuff with or to carry stuff with he had an empty one and i think it was trot fox that tried to get into it first and because of course did, yeah of course you know foxes and hey. uh, <laughs> <laughs> i decided to give a try to get into it i could get into it fold myself up and my head down and they could put the lid on Oh, God. And at one point, they were rolling me down the street, and it was like, car! (laughs) I think I still have pictures somewhere of me in the barrel. I have to dig through my storage for them. Yeah, of course, uh, one of the other reasons that I think uh, uh, some people might have dropped out a little bit is that a lot of people ended up living either married to or living as roommates with uh, other wares, you know, forming warehouses and whatnot. So I kind of wonder if people were just getting their ware fixed from the people they already lived with. Well, considering I'm made to do another coyote, yeah, I guess that's probably true. And it's been decades and you're both still alive. I, and we're still mated. Go figure. I know, right? 20 years. 20 years. Can you believe that? Wow. <laughs> But yeah, you know, a lot of us split off into warehouses because we had our dreams and stuff, but we decided warehouse was the best way to be around other wares 24-7 in our regular lives. Some of them didn't always work out, but that that is a given with any type of roommate. Yeah. And it's kind of funny, here in the Denver area, there's three other warehouses besides ours that I can think of off the top of my head. Most of the most of the folks in them are just not even online to speak of. Well, Lynn is and her pack are in one of them, and she's online, of course. But there's two other uh, good-sized warehouses that nobody really goes on the internet for, for any of this stuff. Hmm. I don't know. I've, I've always wondered just exactly how many Therians there really are. I've always thought that uh, the ones we knew about were kind of the tip of the iceberg and that there's a lot more of us out there than what we know about. I, I've met very few just by meeting people and I am talkative and nosy and gregarious and gossipy and I will literally talk to anybody at the bus stop, in the grocery store, anywhere and I've just almost never ever get that vibe. I think maybe with just a couple of people my whole life. Most Therians that I've met, I've met through other Therians or through the the community online. Are you one of those people? It was funny, though. Pyro, Yote, and Fox Chance and I were supposed to meet up offline for the first time. 
none of us had had uh, pictures of each other. Well, they might have had one of me, but I had no idea what they looked like. I didn't even know what gender they were, and uh, made an arrangement to meet in the middle of Athens. And it was a really busy Saturday. There were just a few hundred people on the main street in Athens, Georgia. There was some kind of event or sports or something going on. So all these people milling about. And I swear, I could tell exactly where they were in the crowd. And we walked straight up to each other with no problem. Mm. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> yeah. What was it called? Weirdar? That we, uh, the tur- the, the yep, term we coined for it? Sounds familiar. Yeah, and I used to kind of poo-poo that idea until that incident. I don't know. I, I've actually, <laughs> I walked into a Native American store in Thousand Oaks one time, and I swear to God, the lady proprietor looks up, smiles, and says, "Hi, Coyote. Make of that one what you will." <laughs> but yeah, she and I had a fascinating conversation, and I told, and I in fact told her, "Yes, in fact, I am Coyote. I'm a Therian." Well, it, it could have went otherwise, you know. She could have looked up and said, "Coyote, get out of my store." That's true. That's true. At which, to which point, I would have turned around and responded, "Why?" Which is the typical coyote, what you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what are some of the the names on the two by fours you got up there? Oh, well, you know, you're on there. So is Dark Moon got a bunch of different names from howls of the past and meetups myself some people drew pictures on there rather than just writing a name too yeah they they drew little uh, some of them were artists and drew little art, uh, pictures of art on there I know Ben Goodridge signed it I see he was the one that originated the first unofficial 2 by 4 no I didn't know that why isn't yeah. he here? I don't know. I don't know. Why don't you go bite him? He used to write stories that would include people from AHWW as characters. Oh, yes. Wreck of the Amanda K. I've still got a printout of that. So do I. He told me to burn it, but I'm not going to. No, I'm not burning He had me either. eating flies in that. It was good. I've got that. I've got a couple other stories. Uh, Love Bear's um, Heart's Dream story that was never finished. Mm. It was like it's it was kind of a rough sequel of Wreck of the Amanda K. He had a bunch of us newer Therians, newer wares in there. Ah. I should try to get a hold of you know. I, I know you can probably buy Ben's Wreck of the Amanda K somewhere online, a copy of it. I would recommend that uh, is, is someone something that people re- could read, and I would also like to get uh, Love Bear's permission to share Heart's Dream. That would be neat. But I've got like a satchel of uh, stories and old wear cards and printouts and stuff from the old HWW days that I keep around for nostalgia. And fortunately, all that stuff I had is long gone life happened in the 2000s yeah so uh i think that as people are are restarting some of these howls post covid and whatnot we're probably going to be doing more signing of of two by fours or other objects i think that's part of the plan right yeah that's what we've we've planned um oh good we plan on keeping the house going 
Zeph, Traveler, and myself have our own house that we do throughout the country. We have no current reasons to stop doing them. Aside from COVID. Uh, hopefully we I can make it to some of these howls outside California now. That's always been my big regret is just not being able to get outside the state for the howls. I encourage people to uh, you know start their own howls and meetups as well. For sure. See, I was I was not active during the HWW time, but I I knew someone who actually did speak of howls and and the cosmic two by fours and things like they were legends so before i even really came into the community myself i had all these stories that were told to me and it, it seemed like it had such a great impact on the on the people that experienced them so that's part of why a few years ago i'm like okay well why aren't these things happening anymore and, and i'm like okay well let's just start it so I think it's pretty cool. I think it, we've had some people show interest in uh, trying to figure out what needs to be done. Reach out if you kind of need any pointers or stuff like that. Well, I know I'd kind of like to get a Shasta howl together. That sounds like that would be something really neat if it could be done. Because, of course, you should have a coyote concentration on top of a mountain that might blow up. And especially one that, that is purported to have mystic energies from which people wander off into the wilderness and they're never seen again. Moo ah ah ah. This sounds dangerous. This sounds fun. I'm in. <laughs> exactly. I will say, though, that, you know, along those lines, this whole COVID thing has actually made me more motivated to try to go to the bother, uh, I guess, of getting out and meeting more folks you know even in general never mind here you know absolutely now actually just in the short term we're starting to do little uh covid safe micro howls up here just getting together and hiking i think that that's something a lot of people can do just locally just everyone is close to some number of therians no matter where you are we're widespread enough but especially in places like washington that it's reasonable to have just little trips with just a small handful of people that makes sense super spreader super spreader no means no yeah that's right let's do it i don't know i mean you know six foot distance three people on trail not breathing in each other's eyes you know parking would be a good uh, little meetup like a mini howl or something, you know, to go on meet up during the day, to go on a day hike or whatever. Wolf Van Zant used to, he talked about that when he lived out in Alabama. Like he would post that he was going hiking at this date, this time, this location. And usually people would just show up and howls would happen. Yeah, and sometimes people would, like two people would say they were going to show up and then 35 did. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a few locally that I've talked to about uh, doing a day hike. I think that might be fun. Yeah, you should. I'll probably be doing those here in uh, here in Colorado, because there's plenty of hiking trails. I've I've done that with a traveler there. Well, I got the Sierras forty miles away now, <laughs> so I'm running out of excuses. Used to living in the big city on the concrete all my life. What can I say? This is a unique change of pace for me. It's really sad when a city of a half a million people is a major step down. <laughs> ah, California. Yep. You. <laughs> what? That's some on your shoe, man. <laughs> what is that? Some cal? Oh, mage. 
wasn't me. No, I, I just, I mean, I don't even like the number of people that are in a grocery store, much less, you know, when you count how many millions there are in a city. Breathing on me, touching me, wanting things. Well, in all fairness, the part of Irvine you were in wasn't exactly the most fun place. <laughs> oh my God, Irvine, California was like Disney World with no rides. Yeah. Like everything yeah. was perfect, but everyone was angry. And they didn't want you there, and they suspected that you were from somewhere else. Yes. And if, and once they proved it, you would have your membership card canceled. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Irvine is a special place. I will attest to this. <laughs> Huntington is much more laid back, believe me. Yeah, there's a factory there that produces cranky Karens and old men with golf hair and polo shirts. And they're typically it? mated. Yeah, And they all want to talk to your manager. <laughs> remember that trip out to visit you when you lived in la area coyote i uh we went to the beach that day yeah and yeah. uh i decided I yeah I remember. Oh, I, I i remember all too well because of the sunburn i got i remember because we were at the beach for approximately 36 seconds and i turned around and wolfsbane's children were rubbing sand into a strange little girl's eyes <laughs> oh god <laughs> To this day, I still don't know what I did that put the fear into those two. I don't know, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> Probably a good thing I missed that trip. Oh my god, they were terrors when they were kids. They, they've grown up fine. <laughs> Mostly from the fear of mage, I think. <laughs> I don't think you said you were going to eat them. I think that you just looked at them like you were going to. Yeah. And snapped his jaws twice. I think I threw my hat odd job style at them several times, too. I was lethal with that hat. I learned something today. You learned something? Yeah, like 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 I said, I knew about the existence of, of, of the, of, you know, stuff like the 2x4, but not the backstory. Yeah, it's always interesting to hear the backstory from people who lived it. Yeah, it's a great story. You know, I never <laughs> made the connection between... Uh, Signing one of the two by four one two by fours and almost getting hit by a tree. You oh, want to tell that story, I was about Trav? To say, almost got hit by a tree. Yeah. Uh, so one of the SE howls that I went to, we got rained out pretty bad, and I can tell you, just as you know, life warning: if the Boy Scouts on the next campsite over start evacuating, probably pretty good idea to follow them. But we didn't because we're stubborn. So I see Howl right next to a river. River started rising and finding that tents and maybe cars were going to be underwater soon. Everyone started uh, packing up and driving back to driving back out of the park towards the ranger station. And the road is like a mile long death trap. Killed a car every year. So cars went up in, you know, one or two here and there or little mini caravans and I was walking up with I think it was with Coyote and as we were going the torrential rainfall dislodged enough hillside that a tree just came down across the road and it was just a couple dozen feet in front of, I, in front of me at the time so and Coyote will say that 
it was like five feet in front of me. I don't think it was quite that close, but still, almost got hit by a tree. Big one too, like a couple feet across. I had to sprint the rest of the way up to the ranger station to get him and his chainsaw down there so cars could escape from the rising floodwaters. But that was a fun trip that never really, never really sank in. Uh, I almost got squished, but that was probably day after I signed that two by four. So, 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 okay. Bear, nothing, nothing happened to you when you signed the cosmic pumpkin, right? No, no, not at all. I I think I might've gotten a couple of full size candy bars when I went trick or treating. What's, what's this about? Okay. So the VA, so the VA, Hal uh, has its own traditions. And so far the first Hal had a, a pumpkin that was signed by everybody. It was like a, uh, I forget what kind of material it's made out of. It's not a real. It's not a real pumpkin. It's, it's like it's yeah. It's it was like okay. Um, I was gonna woven. say that's not gonna last yeah, very long. Of some sorts. <laughs> it's cloth or, or yarn. I. It didn't hold a pen very well. No, it really did not. And then Blue signed the cosmic cosmic drum. <laughs> he he came out okay. Yeah, they're just, you know, relics to sign. It's not like it's the death note we're putting our name on. Or is yeah, it? I was about to say some of the stories being told about the original should have made me wonder. If you incorporate, like, a cosmic instrument of some kind and use that as, like, like sort of an opening instrument to uh, any sort of how, that'd be kind of cool because that's you're essentially um, bringing. It almost feels like you're bringing up history itself when you're using the instrument because everyone has put their to not not to over embellish here, but energy into it. Blaze here. I'm just gonna quickly poke my nose in and offer a few thoughts on this episode. I really enjoyed being able to sit in on this Cosmic 2x4 story. I belong to the same age group as pretty much everybody talking, but unlike the rest of them, I don't have the direct community experience. I'm uh, pretty much a veteran of Theriantropy in some ways, being at it for 25 years, but as of this recording in January 2021, I still have not yet been face-to-face with another Therian in real life, so really, really looking forward to having that experience now more than ever after having listened to this story. Uh, This story can be really appreciated whether you want to embrace it from a spiritual point of view or not. From a non-spiritual viewpoint, it's still a really great way of looking at how a community tradition can be born and how it can be maintained over the years, and just for that reason alone. It was a really good look at what some of the earliest gatherings of our people actually looked like back in the last few years of the 20th century. If you want to get into it a little deeper from a spiritual point of view, it's a really good example of the kind of events, synchronistic events that can happen when a spiritually charged item is either charged wrong, handled wrong, or placed in the wrong hands. Yeah, I think that's about all I can think of to point out on the Cosmic 2x4 story. No matter how you look at it, it was uh, really a pleasure to sit in on, and it brought up hints of cultural roots and spiritual roots that made me think now might be a good time to drop a quick hint about an upcoming segment we have here on the Where Are We podcast. 
we're going to be basically digging a little deeper into the roots of animal spiritualities and animals and culture in general, sniffing around for possible signs, early signs that Therians or people like Therians have existed for a long time. So I'm really looking forward to getting into that. I'll talk more about it on the next episode. And with that, back to the cat. And now for our segment, Dear Badgie, Stripe Perspectives on Spotty Questions. Today's submission is from Arctic Flare, who asks, Dear Badgie, my friend uses a cologne that makes them very unpleasant to chew on. How do I get them to understand that bitter apple spray is not a good choice? Well, Arctic, you could uh, start bringing your own cologne, or mace, uh, hot sauce, bear spray, stuff like that. Give it a little bit more spice than the bitter. We're not liable to <sighs> Put, put in a put in a, we'll a disclaimer or something. <laughs> Putting your friends down with bear spray is not recommended and can lead to legal liability. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. The sarcasm not already obvious in his voice. 